This is To The Point with Marcus Amick, where we cut through all the noise to discuss the things that matter most driving the world of automotive sales. Let's get to it. Safety and technology, two topics that are inherently linked in the world of cars, more so now than ever before. Matt Moore, this week's guest on To The Point, is deeply entrenched in the intersection of safety and technology in automotive. He serves as Senior Vice President of the Highway Loss Data Institute and is heavily involved in research and data analysis in the sector. One of HLDI's most recent studies involves a new auto report released by Progressive, Does Tech Make Driving Safer?, which is the focus of this week's To The Point. Hey, Matt, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, so Matt, let's jump right into it. What was your biggest takeaway from this report? I think that the biggest takeaway is a lot of this technology is is helping drivers, and and I th- I think that's just and it just important top line thing. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Like like what specifically? Sure thing. So you know vehicles today are fitted with lots of different systems to help keep drivers out of trouble, which is a good thing because we <laughs> we tend to get in a lot of trouble. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about one of my favorite topics, which is front automatic emergency braking. And the best estimate is it reduces front to rear crashes by about 50%. And I think the fantastic news there is that as a result of a voluntary commitment between auto manufacturers, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, and the Highway Loss Data Institute. All new vehicles are going to have that system by September of this year. So, so that should pay huge dividends, both from an insurance perspective, also from a societal slash safety perspective. That system's going to prevent a lot of crashes, reduce a lot of injuries, and save some lives. And I, I think that's just fantastic. And you know, as we we kind of tick through the list of other driver assistance technologies, although the, the benefits aren't quite as big as those front automatic emergency braking systems, there's still some really good, really robust uh, results like blind spot warning, uh, about a 23% uh, reduction in crashes with injuries. So, so that's a really good technology. And then Another interesting thing to think about is, although I, I think society is super interested in cars that drive themselves and and the notion of just getting in a vehicle and telling it where you want to go and having the vehicle get you there without you having to do anything. I think there's a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement around that. Uh, you know, At this point, not so clear how much will really benefit from that. But on the flip side of the coin, something as mundane as rear automatic emergency braking, you know, is showing massive results. Uh, and, you know, and if I, I challenge anybody to go to a McDonald's and find a yellow pole on a McDonald's parking lot that, that hasn't been banged up a little bit. So I think it's evidence that, you know, there's huge potential there for, for benefits. So you know, there's a bunch of different technologies and they all seem to be helping in some way, and, and many of them in a really big way. So tell me, was there anything that surprised you about the findings? You know, kind of going back to, to some of my earliest work in 
evaluating advanced driver assistance systems, one of the things that surprised everybody uh, was nighttime driver assist technology, namely things like adaptive headlights, automatic high beams, night vision systems. And even, you know, some of my colleagues uh, at the institutes were puzzled by the results. And we spent a lot of time trying to understand where those benefits were coming from. And one of the interesting things we learned was that uh, through studies of human factors was that people don't use their high beams as often as they should. And so having automatic high beams, uh, vehicles with sensors that automatically cycle those high beams on and off when appropriate, it gives the driver more contextual awareness. They're, they're more aware of their surroundings. They're better able to, to operate the vehicle. And therefore, we get reductions in uh, crash rates. In addition to that, one of the other nighttime driver assist technologies we evaluated was a technology called uh, adaptive headlights. These are uh, headlights that respond to input from the steering wheel. So as you, the driver, are, are kind of turning left or right, the headlights are turning left and right as well, providing additional illumination around the curves. And same thing, folks really were stunned by the, the size of the impact there. And we spent a lot of time trying to understand that. And what we found was that it wasn't so much how good that technology was. It was there was a, a bit of a shortcoming in the way headlights were being aimed from the factory. And the discovery was that those steerable high beams were actually compensating for the fact that in general, at least back in the day, those, uh, you know, which we're talking about five, six years ago, uh, headlights weren't aimed really well. And these adaptive high beams were compensating for that. So that's been an area of, of uh, research for my organization, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety and the Highway Law State Institute as well. So that one was a big surprise. The, the thing that really struck me about the report is this idea that there are some consumers that are confused about a lot of the technology. Can, can you talk about that? Yeah, it's um, there's a whole and, and, you know, it's easy to understand. Every manufacturer wants to put their own stamp on these technologies. Um, they need to be able to uh, kind of uh, illustrate to consumers that their vehicles are better, their technologies are better, that that their vehicles are unique or that their technologies are unique. So each manufacturer wants to come up with a name for their technology. And my first encounter with this issue goes back a long ways to uh, electronic stability control. And we did some of the first work on that system, which helped make the case for the federal requirement for electronic stability control. But at that time, there were probably, you know, almost every manufacturer had a different name for it. And one of the ones that was kind of most comical to me was MSP, which was the Maserati Stability Program. And, you know, now one of the bigger issues, I think, you know, getting back to talking about these automation systems, uh, every manufacturer, many manufacturers seem to want to use the word pilot when describing their automated driving systems. Um, and, you know, recently there was a bit of a dust up in the news between General Motors and Ford, where GM has been using the word super cruise for their self-driving system uh, for a while. And then Ford announced they were going to use uh, the phrase blue cruise. Um, and 
and GM has filed suit uh, against that that use of the name. But I think it it neither one of those names I think is self describing to a a general consumer like Blue Cruise. What does that mean? Uh, you know, I, I don't think it says to a consumer that that vehicle is capable of, to some extent of of driving itself. And I think, uh, you know, number one, I think consumers have a challenge in terms of well, if they hear a safety expert talking about a technology and they want to go buy it. And the technology isn't ha, has some marketing name as opposed to a description of what the technology does. It it, it impedes a consumer's ability to buy safety technology. And then I think on the other kind of the far other end of the spectrum, if manufacturers are applying names to technologies like the word pilot, co-pilot, self-pilot, whatever pilot, I think it implies to the driver that this car can probably do something that it probably cannot. Well, let me ask you this. Considering that we are in an age now where it is the technology that is pretty much driving every facet of this industry, um, aren't, aren't these issues that we're going to be dealing with for, for quite some time moving forward? I think that the technology is deeply embedded in the vehicles now, and uh, there's, there's no getting it out. Um, and I, I think we're just now uh, beginning to get a glimpse of uh, what the next decade might look like in terms of personal transportation. Uh, recently saw in the news, uh, you know, there was a, uh, information about a, a recall where basically the manufacturer was just going to be able to flash the vehicle remotely, update the software remotely, much like our smartphones might get an update in order to, uh, to address the problem. Uh, another interesting emerging issue with regard to technology on the vehicles is that some of these vehicles, like uh, some of these systems like Super Cruise, in order for, uh, a vehicle owner to use that system on an ongoing basis, they have to pay uh, a fee in order to access some enabling data over the wire. So you buy an expensive vehicle and then you option it up and then you pay the money for a piece of tech. And then after the introductory period, you've got to start paying a regular fee in order to use functionality that you've paid for. So it's, and, and GM certainly is not alone in that regard. Uh, so it, we're, uh, the, the the future is going to be a little bit different than the past. How does that impact the, the sort of challenges when you look at the idea of consumers and their ability to understand the technology and how to use it? It's, it's an interesting thing. I, I think if you contemplate how disruptive it can be, like say, for example, when uh, Apple drops a, a an iOS update, and all of a sudden things look different and they function differently, and and uh, people are are sort of put out by that and frustrated by that. Now imagine if your your car, you know, <laughs> you're, all of a sudden you get in your car and it begins to do something much differently than it did the last time you drove that vehicle. And a lot of driving is, is muscle memory. A lot of driving, a lot of what we do when we're behind the, the, the wheel, we don't think consciously about that. It just happens. Uh, and the, the, the reality that the way the vehicle might respond to your input or react to a situation might be very different from one day to the next is uh, something we need to 
kind of put a lot of thought into from a safety perspective. If we're looking at it from this perspective, though, where we're just going to be continuing to add more technology as we move forward, doesn't that create um, an even bigger problem to some degree? Yeah, I hate to cop out and use kind of a, a standard researcher's response, but you know, research is needed. <laughs> we we need to understand uh, we need to understand how drivers are going to react and whether or not that's going to be safety positive or safety negative. I mean, I can sit here and, and guess and say that, you know, changing the way a vehicle responds or reacts to a driver or to a situation from one day to the next probably isn't safety positive. Depends on what the change is. Um, you know, if, if a manufacturer is addressing some shortcoming in a system, maybe it's safety positive. Uh, but a big overhaul of the the human mechanical interface system, you know, it like we sometimes see with Microsoft or uh, Apple's iOS, that may not be safety positive. And a huge challenge in terms of studying all this stuff is sort of the velocity of the change and uh, kind of the the lack of information available to researchers uh, about which vehicles have these systems and what the state of those systems is. So as a researcher, I need to know which vehicles have the technology. I need to know whether or not drivers are using the technology. And then, you know, what, what is the state of the technology? What version of the, the tech are they running was running at a point in time? Um, there's, we're introducing more and more unknowns, uh, from a safety research perspective, which is a big challenge. Let me ask you this. How does this all impact the sales associate that is on the line, the, 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 the person that is that is selling this vehicle or these new vehicles to consumers? Well, I think on, you know, I've always loved cars. So let's just let me answer first sort of as a car guy. I think there's there's a lot of cool stuff happening with vehicles, lots of 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 new and interesting technologies and, and things, exciting things for, uh, folks selling cars to talk about. Uh, so that, so that's a good thing on the flip side. I, I think that there is so much more on the vehicles and being able to guide a customer and, and kind of get them what direct them to what they want and what they need is a huge challenge given how much this technology is evolving, uh, how little standardization there is in terms of the way we talk about it. Well, Matt, I know this isn't your area, but I think one of the questions with all this new safety technology becomes, how do those in automotive retail who might not have the resources or time to spend on educating themselves on every single piece of new technology, how do they stay abreast of the safety tech to ensure that they can provide consumers with the information they need to know when shopping for a new vehicle? Yeah, I, I think it's... Um, I, a focus on lifelong learning, uh, whether you know, you're, you're reading the auto trades or uh, the, the brochures that the manufacturers are putting out or, or videos that manufacturers might put out on YouTube about their technology or reviews that people are doing on YouTube about these technologies. I, I think all of those things can be a great way for someone selling vehicles to uh, inform themselves about what the vehicles can and can't do, what technologies are available, and how consumers feel about those technologies. 
Great insight, Matt. And, and thanks for taking the time to give us a deeper understanding of some of the issues surrounding safety and new vehicle technologies. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, back to the noise.